free download from Delancey Elam Church. We meet every Sunday morning at 10.30am in the Delancey Elam Church building at Le Bank St. Samson's in the Channel Islands of Guernsey. To contact us or find out more information about us, please visit our website at delanceyelam.co.uk. gave his only begotten son that whosoever should believeth in him should not perish but we thank you today for everlasting life thank you for the awesomeness of that Lord to know that Lord you loved us so much you paid the price that we would never die but Lord that we would know the, the joy of eternal life and we give you the praise and we give you the thanks Amen. Amen. Please be seated. Good to see you all this morning. We're just going to go into the baptism in a moment, but uh, just thought I'd read a, just read a scripture, well-known scripture, Romans chapter six, and it just gives a, to me a, a beautiful kind of picture of what baptism is this morning. As TK goes to the waters, just a, a real declaration of what it's about. Uh, just verse 4 of Romans chapter 6. It says, Therefore we were buried with him in baptism into death, just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we should walk in the newness of life. Actually, baptism really in reality is a funeral service. Isn't that cool? Uh, but you'd be glad to know it's also a resurrection service as well. Uh, and so as TK goes under the water, it's a... It's something he did, I know, many years ago, but a declaration of that his old life has died. His old life, the, the old person he was, has finished and died. And it's good for us to remind ourselves today of our baptism. You know, remind yourself that, that when you went to those waters, your old life died, finished, gone, wherever. Uh, we don't have to live anything according to the power of the old life because the, it's finished, done with by the, by the power of the cross. Isn't that great? That if we've died with Christ, then the good news is that we also raised the newness of life. So when we eventually pull you back up out of the waters, uh, it's a declaration of newness of life. The old life has gone, the new life has come. Isn't that wonderful? So we're just going to pray. I wonder if we just stand right now and we're just going to... Father, we just come to you today. We thank you for this step of obedience. And we just pray over Teke today, your favor, your blessing, your anointing. As he goes through the waters of baptism, Holy Spirit, that you would just come upon him in mighty power. And he would just know you just upon his life in greater measure. We pray for greater measure today. As he takes this step of obedience, we pray greater measure upon his life. Father, we just pray for TK and Jael. We just pray for them. We thank you for them as a couple and pray your blessing and your favor upon them. In Jesus' name. Amen. You are listening to a free download from Delancey Elam Church. Good. Are we ready for Christmas? <laughs> By the way, I, I, I quickly, I don't know if you noticed, I quickly took off my socks because I realized. Enough? Ah, oh, sorry. I had my Chelsea socks on. <laughs> uh, oh, 
Sid's not here. I thought Sid's not here this morning, so I didn't want to kind of. Anyway, Revelation chapter 3, verse 8. I had this thing about this sense this morning, about, about a door. Uh, I just want to talk about the door. Revelation 3. Well known verse and verse 8. Revelation 3, verse 8. Just let this first go into your heart this morning. God says, I know your works. And this is a letter that's written to one of the seven churches, and this is the church in Philadelphia, and he writes, I have set before you an open door that no one can shut, for you have little strength, have kept my word, and have not denied my name. I just want to get that phrase there. I've set before you a open door. Lord, we, we just thank you for what we've witnessed already today. And we thank you for the testimony of, of what happens when, as we open the door of our hearts to you, what amazing things you do. And we pray now as we look at your word, we pray your word will just speak to us and touch us and just reveal amazing truths. But we ask it in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. I love this phrase, really, the, the Lord is my doorkeeper. I kind of like that phrase. Uh, you see, man's not your doorkeeper. Circumstances are, are not your doorkeepers. People are not your doorkeepers. The Bible says here, he sets before us doors. And the kind of doors that God sort of sets before us are, are, are both ways, really. He opens doors, and also he shuts doors. How many have been aware of that? He, he opens doors, and he Shut stores. How many glad that you're... I just love this thought that, that God's my doorkeeper. I'm glad that I'm going to trust other things, but God is my doorkeeper. And, and you'll probably find in life, as you look at life, I'm sure we all can look back, we all can see various transitions in our life. How many of you can look back and you can see seasons and transitions that, that your life has gone through? And I think it's so awesome to think that when we're going through various transitional points in life, to know that God is really, really in control. Because he opens doors and he also shuts doors. You think what a door does. A door will always take you from one room to another room. Probably the worst place is to be in the hallway. <laughs> and there's times where we feel like we're in this hallway, but when you feel in the hallway, get ready as a door about to open. And that's what a door does. Door, a door will take you from one room to another room, and that's what doors in life do. They, t- they transition you. They take you from one level of life, one transition time of life, to another point in life. And I just want you to get this picture of what, of what door does. Because doors both open and they're both shut. In other words, they're both negative and they're positive. And I just want you to get hold of that phrase. A door that opens and a door that shuts. I found that often there's these, these seasons in life that often... Doors bring us to. Take us from brokenness to wholeness. I like this one. From sickness to health. I like this one. From poverty to blessing. And often these things come by an open door. And the the Lord is a doorkeeper. 
And I found this, even when there doesn't seem to be a door, God can even make a, a door appear when there doesn't seem to be one there. I found that many times. And we found that true. And almost suddenly with one decision, with one move, suddenly a door can appear in your life. That's the first thing what a door does. I want to get hold of the first one. The first thing a door does, it gives you protection. I was quite shocked when I first moved to Guernsey. And I'll tell you why. The fact that people left their doors open. I mean, I've, I've, I've lived, um, probably Andrew felt the same, Sheffield. You kind of, when you live in cities, I'd, I'd always lived in cities most of my life, you just don't leave your door unlocked. You know, I remember when, with my mum, she used to have about four chains. She, she had about four chains on her door. I mean, you just weren't going to get through that door. You know what I mean? Uh, and so we were quite shocked that when we came to Guernsey, people kind of left their car doors open and, and, Doors open to the houses. It was kind of, it was great to kind of feel that sense, but it was kind of, it took us time to get used to that sense that, because everything we, everything we, I, you know, I'd lock absolutely everything. Uh, because I think we'd had, we'd had, my dad had actually had his flat broken into twice. We'd been broken into once. So we'd seen people, we'd seen houses broken into. We'd had experience for the first time. So we knew the importance of locking your door. And I was just thinking in, in a spiritual sense that, Ever, ever had things in your life and suddenly it just didn't work out as you hoped it would? Something you set your hope on, something you just set your heart on, and it just never worked out the way you thought it did. And I think sometimes those doors are useful because you can look back and sometimes you can say, actually, I'm so glad that door never opened. Because I could see, when I look back on that situation, had that door Really, had that door really opened and I'd gone through it, I can see the mess that I got into. In other words, God sometimes will close doors for your protection. And at that moment in time, you kind of maybe feel upset and angry, but sometimes you can look back and actually say, Lord, thank you that you closed that door. The danger is sometimes when we try to push a door that God has actually closed. It's quite a dangerous thing to have a door that's closed and you try to force that door open. That's sometimes how we get ourselves into some of the mistakes and messes we get into because we're trying to push doors open that God actually closed. And I think there's some doors that God will close for your protection. Things in life that had you gone through that door, had you gone through that situation... It could have really, really seriously damaged you. How many glad that God is a God that closes doors and he closes them often for your own protection? So there's the first thing, the doors that are closed for your own protection. Here's the next thing. God closed, often shut doors means privacy. Ever, ever had someone come to your house <laughs> unexpectedly and you, you know the room they're going to go into. So what you do, you kind of take everything out of that room. Everything there. And you kind of shove in the room that you kind of know is, is your kind of private room, the room that nobody else is going to kind of, not kind of come and look in. There's these rooms that we have. And God says that sometimes there'll be certain things, doors that will close on our lives. And he says, I am working in your life. I want to clean up and I want my grace to cover you. Often when we think, 
You know, I often think that often God will... Jesus says that when you go and pray, close the door. You know what that's all about? That's all about sometimes. That there's times when you get before God and you begin to get serious, you begin to pray because God sees things in our lives that nobody else can see. Is that true? Things that we're often aware of, even conscious of, and nobody else is. And, and sometimes we've got to just get before God in that private place and let God deal with some of the stuff in our life. Here's something else you think about. And I like this. See, the moment you re- repent of something, the moment you confess something, God shuts that door on that sin and failure. How crazy sometimes that even though we've repented of it, even though we've confessed it, we have a nasty habit of keep opening that door. And God's saying, why are you opening the door that I have already shut? Don't keep reliving it. Don't keep rehearsing. Don't keep rehearsing those broken relationships. Don't keep rehearsing the people who have hurt you. Don't keep going through all the stuff that, that has come against your life. Because the more you rehearse that, the more that will cripple you. And what the devil loves to do, he loves to send you texts, reminders. Now, I had an embarrassing situation a few months ago, actually, because Angie actually, they did uh, some makeup thing they were involved in. And and what would happen, they'd send reminder texts. And so I remember I was in a minister's meeting, and this text come through, and he was like, Hi, ladies, just to say that your, your, your mascara and your lip gloss is now ready for you to collect. And I'm trying to hide this text because it's a little bit embarrassing for people who could look at that. But what the devil wants to do, he wants to send you reminders. He wants to try and remind you of mistakes and failures. He wants, to, he wants you to, re, to be reminded of your past, but the point is we need to confine our past. Because if you don't confine your past then you live in your past rather than living in your now. And I found this. The key what the enemy wants to do, he wants to always make you live in the power of your past. Ever thought about this? God's not in your past. You know why that is? Because the Bible says God says I am. In other words, he is the now God. And in essence, in a sense, God doesn't really live in your past. So the moment you try to live in your past, you're living in a part of your life as far as God is concerned, doesn't exist. And so the enemy knows if he can cause you to go back into your past and live in your past, live in the power of your past, live in the power of what has taken place in, your, in the past of your life, then he knows he's going to hinder and limit your life. He you say amen? And so we just don't want to be broken and controlled by the things of your past. And God says... When I open a door, ever thought about this also, that when you open a door, you give access to something or someone. Is that true? The moment you open that door is the moment you're giving someone access. And I think it's so important that we, we get aware of that, that let's not open our hearts and let's not open our lives to anything that the enemy can use in our life. The moment we open a door to unforgiveness, the moment we open a door to unresolved sin, and the moment we open a door to, to offense and bitterness, anytime, every time we open our door, the door of our hearts to those things, we are giving 
a legal point for the enemy to come in. I think it's Ephesians 3 that says, don't give the enemy an open door. And so we need to make sure that for every part of our life, we don't give the enemy an open door to any part, any area of our life. Because he's a legalist. And the moment you open a door, he will come in. I think one of the big things often is, is offense. Isn't it true? It's so easy. That's the big thing we battle with. How easy it is to get offended. And the moment we allow offense to get into our heart is the moment we open a door for the enemy to come in. I think unguarded conversation. Those things open doors for the enemy to come into our life. Also, you and I have gates. We have eye gates, ear gates, mouth gates. And those ear gates, mouth gates, what are the gates? Ear gates, wherever it was. All those are opportunities where the enemy can take advantage. So refuse to allow your eye gate, your ear gate, or your mouth gate to be part of your being that allows the enemy to come in and to get advantage in your life. And I think the Holy Spirit is saying, shut those doors to those things in your life that give access to the enemy. He wants to harass you. He wants to torment you. So make sure that you're going to close those doors on your heart and on your life. Now, those are things that we close our doors to. But every now there's things that we open our hearts to. Let me give you a great verse. I like this one. Isaiah 60. I love Isaiah 60, one of my favorite chapters in the Bible. But there's a, a kind of a verse that tells us about gates. Gates, as we close those particular things in our life, there's certain gates that we kind of also we need to kind of open. Isaiah 60. Verse 18. So let's read, sorry, verse, verse 11 to begin with. Verse 11, so you get a feel of it. Therefore your gates shall be open continually. They shall not be shut day or night. That may, men may bring to you, I like this one, the wealth of the Gentiles and their kings in procession. And if you go down to verse 18, and let's look at just the last part of verse 18. But you shall call your walls salvation. And notice this, and what? And your gates praise. I want to say, see something today. I think praise is an incredibly powerful way to open the gates of your life to allow God to come into the midst, to allow Jesus to come in. I think sometimes we underestimate the power of praise. I think praise is one of the most powerful gates you can open in your life. The Bible speaks of the high praise of God to be in your mouth. You, you can't escape anywhere in the Bible where there's so much emphasis upon praise. And I think if, if there's so much emphasis on praise throughout the scriptures, then that must be something that we need to practice in life. Is that true? Because it's a gate. That when you're facing troubles, when you're facing challenges, when you're facing difficult circumstances, then there's a gate that God says you can use to allow me to come into your circumstance, your situation. Paul and Silas, in prison, beaten. 
And actually, do you know when it says they were beaten, it says they were beaten with rods, their feet, you know. It wasn't like a little slap. When they beat them with their rods, literally it broke bones in their body. (laughs) Have you thought about that? And they broke bones in their body so they wouldn't continue to go out and preach the gospel. But in that prison cell, the Bible says, what did they begin to do? They began to praise. And in the midst of that, God brought an incredible deliverance. I think God brought a healing because often he healed where, where their bones would have been broken by that, that smashing. But also a, a jailer was saved and an incredible move of God took place. And throughout the Bible, this is the emphasis. This is a gate. And God says, if you would open that gate, if you'd open that door of praise, I'm going to come in the midst. And I'm going to bring transformation and change in your life and in your situations. You say, amen. So make praise a real incredible gate. Tell me Exodus 12, verse 7. Something else about a door. Put the blood on your doorpost. Amen. Exodus 12, verse 7. Again, a well-known scripture. Exodus 12, verse 7. And they shall take some of the blood and put it on, on the two doorposts, on the lintel of the houses where they eat of it. That's a story when the destroyer, we're told, the angel of death, the destroyer is about to come. God said, if you would take hyssop, you get the hyssop plant, you dip it in the blood, and you put it on the doorposts, then the angel of death will not come and bring destruction to the house. Because the blood was on the, what? Doorposts. Revelation 12, verse 11, is a connection with this. It says, they overcame him by the word of the testimony, and what? And the blood of the Lamb. There's something about us as believers learning to apply the blood of Jesus to our lives. How do you apply blood? How do you apply it to your situation? How do you apply it to your circumstance? So I tell you how you apply blood. You apply it by testifying to what the blood does in your life. The blood forgives. The blood restores. The blood cleanses. The blood sanctifies. And there's something about you declaring, when the enemy accuses you, you remind him and say, this is what the blood of Jesus has done for me. He has forgiven me. He has cleansed me. And the moment you testify to the power of the blood, you cut off the schemes and the plans and the work of the enemy. There's something about allowing the blood to be applied to your life in every sphere of it. I think it's good to apply the blood over your home, over your family, over things in your life. Begin to declare the power of the blood. And I found as you begin to do that, it's amazing how you begin to see the works of the enemy broken in circumstances of life. I'm glad for the power of the blood. I love this story, and it's, a, it's, a, it's actually a true story, so I'm told. I think it is a true story. How many have heard, ever, how many have ever, ever heard of Louis Pasteur? Okay, yes. And it tells a story that in the 1800s, diphtheria had killed 100,000 people. Wow. And what took place, Louis Pasteur took 20 stallions and injected them with the virus. On the first day, 19 of the stallions died. On the second day, one was left, but he was ill, but still alive. 
he called that one horse the overcomer. On the third day, the horse was back on its feet. So he took some of the blood and made a serum out of the blood. And he took it to 3,000 infected people. And every one of those people began to recover. Incidentally, Pasteur was a Christian, incidentally, as well. I just thought I'd bring that. Anyway. And so people from all over the world asked how he did it. And he said it was just a little bit of blood from the overcomer. I love it. And I tell you, realize that you are an overcomer by the power of the blood of the Lamb. So when forces come against your family, take a little bit of the blood from the overcomer, believe it, and it will begin to work for every area of your life. How many are glad today? They overcame him by the blood of the Lamb. The power of You know one thing you find often in Christian circles? You hear very little talk about the blood of Jesus. Is that true? I think we need to get a fresh view and revelation of the power of the blood of Jesus. Amen. The power of the blood of Jesus. Point to Isaiah 6, verse 4. There's another one. Another, I suppose, scripture that talks about doors. Isaiah 6, verse 4. There's a well-known story, and it's a, when it's Isaiah saw the Lord, he was high and lifted up, remember that? And it says in verse 4, And the posts of the door were shaken by the voice of him who cried out, and the house was filled with smoke. I just love this thought, that, that the door moved when God spoke. And this is what I felt in my heart. Sometimes we feel the situations that have been closed. Dreams seem to have closed. Opportunities seem to have closed. People seem to be standing in the way. There's all kinds of obstacles and all kinds of barriers there. And God says, I will put before you an open door that no man shall close. Those things are just temporary. People, circumstances, those things are just temporary. And God says, if you will declare my word in the midst of those things, I will begin to open doors for you. In other words, whatever that obstacle is, whatever that mountain is. In fact, Jesus says, if you see a mountain before you, speak to the mountain. You have the authority to speak to obstacles that are contrary to the will and the purpose of God. And if you speak, if you like, to those closed doors, then God again will open those doors again. Amen. Look at Matthew 27. This is the story of Jesus' resurrection. And there's something here I think is very powerful. Matthew 27 Here is the story of where Jesus is, is buried. And in Matthew 27, verse 59. 
We'll read two verses. Look at verse 29 to begin with. So Matthew 28, I was just... Uh, so Matthew 27, so just, just leave your own. Matthew 27, verse 59. Okay, I got it now. I kind of lost where I was. Believe it or not, I'm not perfect, sorry. <laughs> and when Joseph had taken the, the body, he wrapped it up in a clean linen cloth. And he laid it in a new tomb, which had been hewn out of the rock. And he rolled a large stone against the door of the tomb, and he departed. Then you go to Matthew 28, verse 2. And behold, there was a great earthquake. For an angel of the Lord descended from heaven, came and rolled back the stone from the door, and he sat on it. I just got this sense. There's maybe this thing that the enemy wants to bury in your life. Circumstances, situations that when you look at it, you think, it's never going to change. People that you pray for and there doesn't really seem to be any breakthrough. There doesn't seem to be any change in the circumstance. And sometimes we can get to a point where we begin to accept it as it will always be almost. And we allow the enemy, if you like, to put a stone behind it and to say it's never going to happen. That is something that is closed. But I love this picture that, the, that God almost... When the angel sat on that stone, it was saying, God's opened this door and nobody's going to shut it again. And maybe you're here today and there's been a dream. There's been a vision. There's been a promise that God has placed on your heart. And something, if you like, has happened and it's buried. There's been a stone placed behind it. And I feel that God wants to say to you this morning, he has amazing ways to remove stones and to sit on the top of it and say from now on nobody is going to close that door again sometimes God delivers us and brings us out of bondage and God says I've given you liberty and nobody is going to close that door again that situation that provision I've opened that door for provision and nobody is going to close it that person that you prayed for regularly with all your heart God says, I've removed, that, I've, opened, I've removed that stone and nobody is going to close it. And I think there's so many things that we need to be aware of today. The promises that God has poured, given to you, he's not going to close it. He's going to cause that door to be continually open on that situation. He's the one that opens the tomb, opens the things that seem to have died in our life. Things that you know, sometimes there can be things that come in and out of your life. And God is moving and he's going to close that door so there's no more access to that thing in your life. I love what it says in Hosea. It says this. For the valley of Achor, I'm going to give what? A door of hope. The valley of Achor, we're told, is a valley of trouble. And God said, I want you to have hope. I want to reignite those dreams. I want to open doors of promise in your life. I want to stir those promises up again. Amen. He wants to stir them up again. And in the, the, the valley of Achor, he wants to speak into it and cause there to be 
doors of incredible hope. Paul says also, he says, he says, pray for me that a door may be opened for me, for me to witness. And I, I thought it would be good as we go on the bridge over these next couple of days. I think one of the great prayers we need to pray is God give us open doors. Give us open doors. And just every day in your life, say, God, today, give me an open door to talk to someone. And you'll be amazed. As you make that your regular prayer, as you ask God for open doors, you'll be amazed that the doors are open for you. You know why sometimes we don't have opportunities? Because we don't ask for opportunities. And I kind of believe with all my heart that if we make a regular prayer, Lord, give me an opportunity today to tell someone about you. Give me an opportunity to bless someone in some way. As you begin to regularly pray that kind of thing for open doors into circumstances, into people's lives, you'll be amazed of the doors that God will open before you. Amen. Okay, I want to turn, turn, turn me to two. Let me close with this: two Corinthians three, verse seventeen. I just feel this so strongly today that if we would just keep obeying God and just be continually regular in prayer, faithfully serving Him, then suddenly there will be doors that are open before you. That will take you into a new season, a new circumstance of your life. And here's what you need to see that you see, the moment God opens the door for you, all the resources of heaven are made available for you. Isn't that wonderful? 2 Corinthians 3, verse 17. Now the Lord is a spirit, and where the spirit of the Lord is, there there is liberty. Now, God's resources are wonderfully available to us. And here's when you get hold of this verse. Where the Spirit of the Lord is. I want you to look at your life today and see your life really. It's, it's just, how many found that your life really is full of different doors, different compartments? And it's almost this sense that when I open every sphere, every door of my life, and allow Jesus to be Lord over every sphere of my life. And I open all those doors. Oh, even you know, Some of the doors we, we want to remain shut. The doors that we sometimes were very unwilling to open. But Jesus says, if you would open every door of your heart, every door of your life, bring it under my Lordship, then the moment you do that, I am going to release a spirit of liberty. The Holy Spirit's going to come and it's going to fill all those areas of your life. But the key is this one thing. You need to acknowledge and bring it under the Lordship of Christ. Any part of our being that's not under the Lordship of Christ is a closed door as far as God is concerned. You can say amen. And that means if it's not under his Lordship, then that means that's a sphere or an area of our life that is under bondage. Because where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. So where he is Lord, his spirit of liberty and freedom enters and brings incredible provision for our lives. And that's what he wants today. He wants you to say, Lord, today, I don't want anything restraining me, anything holding me back. Open that door and the Holy Spirit will break you free from any controlling force. I don't know why I had that today, but I had this sense that maybe some of us here today and you feel these things that 
that really uh, you can't seem to get the victory over. They're controlling you. And God says, open the door. Bring my lordship under that. Bring it under my control. That I can bring liberty and freedom into that sphere of your life. Let me close by saying this. Then when you think about it, what do you say when you're going to put a door up? You don't say, I'm going to put a door up. Is that true? You actually say, I'm going to hang a door. You say, I'm going to hang a door. For someone who's totally not do yourself, that's a pretty amazing revelation right there. But I was thinking that how that Jesus, we're told, hung on a cross. And Jesus died to create a door. To take us from one environment to another. In fact, that's what Jesus says. He says, I am the door. And he said, I've come to be that door. To take you from sin into cleansing. To take you from guilt to forgiveness. To take you from sickness to healing. To take you from depression to peace. And Jesus died on the cross so he could transfer you to another place. The Bible says that we've been delivered from the kingdom of darkness and brought into the kingdom of his dear son. Because he is the door and is continually taking us into new realms, into new places in him. That's what the cross is all about really. It's Allowing us to live in the environment that God had created us to live. Ever been, not like ever do, been, ever, ever, has anyone ever been diving? Okay, I knew Marilyn, I knew you, I knew you possibly had. And you know, you think about it, when you go diving, outside of your oxygen, you're in trouble, is that true? But you're equipped to enable you to live in that environment under the water. And really the cross is all about, it enables us to live in the environment called the kingdom of God. In that kingdom, there's peace, deliverance, hold, all amazing things that are in that kingdom. And the cross enables you and I to live in the sphere and the environment of the kingdom of God and to have the power to live in it. That's what the cross is all about. So you can now be brought into this amazing kingdom and live in the resources, the oxygen, if you like, that God has made available to you. Let's just stand. Let's just come before him right now in these moments. I just want to lift your heart in these moments and just begin to praise him. Just begin to say thank you. I just feel there's people here today and and you're looking at circumstances and maybe looking at areas of life and there seems to be closed doors. And I want you to open your heart today and believe God for open doors. Doors that seem to be closed. People that you, situations, circumstances that, that seem to be kind of closed. And I just feel so strongly the Lord will say to you today, Behold, I set before you an open door. That no man can close. I want you to allow the Holy Spirit right now to come into your heart. And to remind you of the promises that he's brought to you. And maybe the enemy right now is trying to close the door on the promise that God has given to you. 
promises for your deliverance, promises to bring breakthrough and promises to, to bring you into his fullness. People to be saved. People to be touched. And the enemy right now would seek to rise up a closed door. And God wants to speak over your life today and say, Behold, I set before you a door that no man, no circumstance, nothing can close before you. So I want you right now to pray into that breakthrough right now. Say, Lord, today I'm, I'm declaring an open door right now. Could be healing for your body. Say, Lord, I'm, I'm believing you for an open door for my healing. Remember, open door gives you access. So if the door is open, that means you have access to whatever you're believing for. Lord, I pray today, just work that in every heart. Work that in every life, I pray. In the mighty name of Jesus. In the mighty name of Jesus. A door of anointing for a particular task that God has placed before you. So I want you right now just to reach out to the open door. I say, Lord, right now, I'm coming before that door. Let's open the door of our hearts. Jesus says, behold, I stand at the door and knock. Do you know when he talked, when he gave that verse, he wasn't talking to non-Christians. He was talking to Christians. He was talking to believers. He said, if you open that door, and we can close our doors to Jesus. We can close our hearts to him. As he speaks to us, as he, he does things in our lives, we can close the door to him. And he says, if I'm speaking to you, open the door. Don't close the door of your heart to me. Open the door. And I will come in and I will dwell with you and I will eat with you. I will have a feast with you if you'd open the door of your heart. And every sphere of your being, let me in. Lord, today we come to you. Thank you that you are the door. Thank you that you've transferred us from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light. And today we want to give you all the praise. Today we thank you. I pray for those today, right now. If you're here right now, and you, there's a door right now, a door of a dream or, or something today that you feel closed, but you believe in God today to open that door. I just want you just to raise your hand where you are right now. And I want to pray for you right now. Okay, let's, when you see people right now, just stretch your hand towards them right now. Just bless them, stretch your hand towards them. Lord, I pray right now, God, for those who stand before you today. And they say, Lord, open doors. And I pray for each one of them, that you would open a door that no man will close. I pray that you'd open doors to your resources. You'd open doors to all that heaven offers today, God. I pray you'd open doors to change circumstances, to change situations, to change all kinds of manner of things today. I pray for amazing open doors. Doors that, Lord, would reopen. I pray for doors of dreams to open again. I pray for doors of promises to open again. I pray for doors of, of, of power to open, Lord. I pray for doors of strength, doors of fresh anointing. We open doors of fresh anointing over your people right now. Doors of healing. We open doors of healing into people's bodies right now, Lord. We pray for open doors for closed circumstances. We, we, we command the mountains, the obstacles to be removed right now in the name of Jesus. And we release your power and your resources into those circumstances right now. In the mighty name of Jesus. Amen and amen. Thank you for listening to this free download from Delancey Elam Church. For more downloads, information, or to contact us, please visit our website at Delancey.